0: right good evening people um, um, my name's Mecca, um, and I'm your host um, I feel it's very appropriate um, perhaps that we start a poetry evening with um, a poem I know I said you're gonna be last but I'm, I'm, I'm ready for you Blondie uh, <laughs> so ready for you it's my best mate um, please welcome to stage any you <laughs>
1: Let the bat dung run from sweat and undulations bare feet on a wet rug there was a disco ball on the canal I watched it go! shudder, sparkle on the leaves I went go! two! arms up dance on the canal eyes closed let the bat dung run clean your feet in the holy water
0: So that was a clip from a poetry night where Ellie was presenting some of her poems that she'd written to an audience which was crammed into a small bookshop in in Berlin. Ellie's a really fun person to be around and also a really easy person to be around because of her lack of expectations in how a situation should be or shouldn't be. So me and Ellie took a walk by a lake, which was out in the German countryside. It's about an hour, about an hour's train ride from the edge of Berlin. And we thought, okay, walking by a lake, there won't be any sounds to interrupt us talking. So we're all good, but we were wrong. Um, (laughs) You'll hear throughout the episode, random little noises of people using power tools, uh, other people talking and towards the end there's some really loud traffic noise so i'm sorry about that but um it's a good interview and i hope you enjoy it <laughs> Well, I'm interviewing people who are kind of just doing their thing
1: mm.
0: and from the outside it looks like there's no worries, like they know what they want to do, they know what they like, they know what they don't like. Right. And actually I'm more interested about what's inside than the surface. Right. And what I'm really interested in is how people who seem really calm and collected on the outside, how they, how they think about themselves, how they treat themselves. What's their inner dialogue like?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know I can say that I'm at a point right now in my life where I have a lot of self-security and I'm just not... In a selfish way, I'm just not interested in interacting with people who don't also have that. Because it's too exhausting for me to try and bring it to people. And a lot of times you meet people who are unstable and then they kind of see you as like a potential savior of their unstable circumstances. Which has happened a fair bit to me where people like see that I have this happiness and then they want me to instill it in them just by showing them that it's possible, you know? Like a weight loss scheme that works. It's like that person lost weight so I should be around them cause like then they'll make me lose weight too. I just don't believe in saviors ever. I think everything's love Compassion all starts within ourselves and has to come from there. Mm
0: -hmm. I totally agree.
1: I can just like give a little biography in that. Great. I was always really codependent. Like From age 12, I had my first boyfriend. And then I always had a boyfriend until I was 19. My first relationship was three and a half years long. Then one month later, I started my next relationship, which was two and a half years long. Then I had a break of five months. And then I had my next relationship, which was a year long. And in all that time, I felt incredible insecurity and unhappiness and I felt like I was dying if I wasn't around those people. I thought all of my worth was valued in the amount of time I spent in other people's company. Mm. (laughs) And if I would be with my boyfriend and then we'd separate because he had to do something, I would just be like anxiously waiting until he was done so I could be with him again. And then when I was 19, right before I turned 19, I said, this is so fucked up, like I, I actually hate myself. <laughs> I clearly don't like myself because I never spend time alone. I don't even know what I'm like. And so I broke up with my boyfriend and then I did this program in the woods where we lived in the woods with no technology for six weeks. And I was really mad at myself because while I was there I fell in love with someone. And I was like, no, the point is to not fall in love or be interested in love, it's to be with me! But I did. Mm -hmm. And I dedicated myself to this love I had for this person at the camp. And then after that I went to India. And that's where I first had the opportunity to be like, nope, this time's just for me. And it was the first time in my life where I turned down social offers. Before then I always felt like I was never getting social offers, and at this point it was like people would say, Oh, Ellie, we're going to go out for dinner, and I'd say, "Mm, I'm just going to stay home, read, because that's what I want to do. And then from then on, like from the end of the summer when I was 19 until now, it's been severe, not severely, but um, a lot more self-dependent and a lot more interested in a relationship with myself than with anyone. But so I really know what it feels like to be codependent and to be dissatisfied. Like, I really get that.
0: What do you think you were looking for in the other person?
1: You're looking for them to just fill in all the gaps for you. So that you don't have to do the work. You just go, I have a deficit here, like, fill it up.
0: Right. You're giving, you're giving them the work. You kind of... But it's also... Because I've been in the same situation. A very similar one. Where I've looked to the other person to just... Yeah, to fill the holes. Totally. And it's like you're a, almost a victim or a, you're helpless. And you can't do it yourself.
1: Well, yeah, you're not trusting yourself to be fulfilling enough to feel complete on your own.
0: But it's totally understandable as well. Because you don't... At that point, you don't know there's another way.
1: hmm
0: What did you have to go through to reach that point?
1: To know that there were other ways? Yeah. Well, first off, being in nature for so long, having a really intimate relationship with nature, uh, without any of the distractions of technology or social media, was really important for me. Um... Spending time journaling was really important because I had something that I could look back on that was a a measurement of myself. And I could fall in love with myself, like really wonder that I'd written something or be amazed at something I noticed. Because, you know, when you're falling in love with someone, you fall in love with the things they say, the way they notice things, the way that they interact and when you can have that relationship with yourself like open up your journal and go wow that's so beautiful that I said that on that day like whoa that's so gorgeous this realization that I had like wow I really love myself you know which is so fun like to have a crush on yourself
0: I love that yeah it's a great way to put it totally for myself like I had to get to a really horrible place before I was like okay that's enough Mm. I don't want to feel this way anymore and it was was only then that I decided to kind of turn my attention onto myself and really um, just be with myself, Uh, almost out of necessity. Mm -hmm. There was no other option at that point because um, the relationship I was in at the time, the person I was with (coughs) wasn't available to take care of me anymore. So that support had just been kind of ripped away, right. and I'm I'm really grateful for that actually.
1: And you realize how much of a crutch it had been for you, yeah.
0: And only when it was pulled away. Right. I'm sure there's another way to to discover this, many many ways. But for me, that was it.
1: I think relationships are a pretty common um, foil for these things to unveil themselves.
0: They're like these. Brilliant learning grounds.
1: Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Ameka, so he, you know, my best friend, he did the poetry night?
0: Yeah, right. He's also amazing.
1: He, I mean, he and I, like, we've both lifted each other up so much on this campaign of, like, self-love and so when he was marrying Kati at their wedding for his vow, what he said was, you see how good I be to me? That's how good I can be to you. Which I think just totally encapsulates the entire ideology, right? Like, I'm so good to myself, I can be that good to you too. Incredible. But I think think everything's about a balance, right? Because it's really easy to then also become a hermit. (laughs) There's no question that you do need other people for the entire human experience. The point is that you can't bring something to the table unless you originally have it within yourself, but to just stay to yourself and to just be a hermit is an incredible waste. An important part is learning for you what what you need generally to balance you. Like, I, I know for myself, oftentimes if I have an invitation to a social thing, right, especially with new people who I don't know particularly well, I almost always lose my interest to go and do that initial first effort with a person. I'm always like, I would just straight up rather read this book than go meet this person. And especially when I'm not feeling enticed to do these things is when I push myself to go do them. Because inevitably when that happens, it becomes a super important thing in my life. Like all the people who only because I pushed myself to like actually go to this thing become hugely important people. That's happened a lot.
0: So you've, you've actively gone against the feeling...
1: Of staying of in. Of staying in. Yeah, absolutely, have to.
0: And taking yourself out the door to make... To be social, to make these connections.
1: Yeah, but not just to make connections. Because it's easy enough, like, if it's you guys, I don't have to push myself to do it if I'm not feeling it, because you're in my life. It's already playing and it's rolling and it's continuing. But if it's the beginning of something, you have to give the opportunity for beginnings.
0: Absolutely, you <laughs> get a little bug.
1: It's a grasshopper. Mm. <laughs> zoop, zoop. boing. wee. He's
0: staying on ya. All right, come He's on. He's coming for the ride. Maybe he wants to say something at some point.
1: Probably. Jump in my mouth. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Like, I think I don't know about everyone, but for me, I am really likely to stop something and then start new instead of like keep working through it until it's grooving again. For example, I always record myself when I'm practicing the drums. And every time I listen to it, I realize that I give up on a groove like way before I should. I stop and then I start over where I should just keep playing and it will come back.
0: Interesting. So like you reach a point where it gets a bit frustrating or you just lose the groove. Yeah, so going
1: ba ba be da -ba 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 ba. Ba, ba, bee, da da ba, i didn't even try the groove all the way through the first time and I stopped. Why
0: do you think you stopped?
1: Because I think oh that's wrong, let me try that again. But it it makes me a lot less organic as a player. Like it makes me a lot worse at playing an entire tune because I'm stopping all the time. So, I'm not used to the endurance of like doing something.
0: Does it feel uncomfortable like if if you made a mistake and you just kept going? It, it, for me, it feels slightly more uncomfortable. I think this comes back to this, just allowing yourself to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh, I messed up, oh instead of, oh, I messed up, start again. Exactly. And it's just like a little tone shift that I think can make a huge difference over time. Like, say you're pouring a cup of tea, sure. really simple example, and you spill some water on the counter, right. you could be like, oh, I spilled some water, or you could be like, oh my God, Let's put some water. The difference is pretty minimal in that one situation, but every little mistake you make, which we're doing all the time, because we're not perfect, and there's no right and wrong way of doing something, but with this kind of negative commentary that always is on the negative side, it just drains your precious energy. Completely. One little bit at a time. Yeah. And then you just, switch. You just tweak it a little bit to like, oh, actually it's fine if I make mistakes. Then... <laughs> Suddenly, that energy is not being drained on self criticism but preserved for you to just try again.
1: I don't think it even takes that much energy to try again. Like, everything is just can be at more of a level of stasis instead of a level of drama. And I think a lot through expectations, people create this drama of like, when are we leaving? And then if we don't leave at the time, upset. When are we going to make that thing? You told me that this. And there's all these expectations. So everything is so elevated in the level of risk that the potential for upset is huge. Hmm.
0: Solely because of those expectations.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: That's an interesting point, because I know, I know you've done a lot of work with your own expectations of other people. Right. And I guess also yourself.
1: Totally. I think as long as I can eat and I have a bed to sleep on and I feel a comfortable temperature, I'm gonna be happy.
0: But how do you deal with those situations where maybe there's expectations coming from the other person?
1: I don't keep those people around. Because everyone who's in my life, I keep in my life in a very intentional way. And I work actively towards fostering this relationship. If that's unsatisfying for someone, then it's not going to work.
0: And then how will you let that person know, hey, it's not working for me?
1: That's never happened. Like, this is all theoretical. I don't know. I haven't let these people in my life, where I've had this happen. I mean, the only example is with Claudio, my ex-freak person who I was seeing. <laughs> it was the opposite, where I just, like, never saw him and really didn't feel that there was an effort being put into the relationship. So I was like, hey, this is not working. We have different capacities for this relationship so this has to stop like that i'm happy i cut it off when i did other people would say oh like try to work through it which is what i just argued for with the drumming but i don't know i think i mean my biggest interest in life is working towards happiness and i'm always identifying my sources of unhappiness and working towards them and the most important thing for me is just to first identify that something makes me unhappy and i'll already work towards fixing it and I always find the solution.
0: So you just have to identify that, uh, what's making you unhappy? Right. And then you're automatically working towards the solution? Yeah. That's really interesting.
1: I'm biking back in Berlin black with my backpack on track. Two wheels on the pavement under a licorice sky, Berlin black, when the spray gets violent with its thickness like tar. Berlin Black, where the predators come out to share the road Jackals of the night, I think of you in Berlin Black of your picture, something grotesque I learned from you Monopoly is a city in southern Italy and I learned about more parts down south too. Back to the scene Berlin Black, the sky has an absence of attitude it leaves impressions on the river, the river takes its color and makes it rumble It shakes it like maracas, the jingle jangle of black. On these restless nights, I find myself undisciplined. I may end up somewhere I didn't set out to be. Me in Berlin black with my backpack off my track with the Lamborghini riding past. The man driving the Lamborghini, he's wearing his sunglasses in the dark. He's lighting his cigarette and he's filling his Lamborghini with smoke. He's driving straight down to checkpoint Charlie, revving up the engine. He passes the sands of sand with abandon. The Lamborghini winks up at the blonde soldier. Berlin black, when the spray gets darker than wet tar, when my legs make perfect O's, when my legs hold a secret between them, when the sleek black cars come off their streets and slink like leopards down Mitte's passageways with me. I think of you in Berlin Black, of your picture, something grotesque. You taught me Rome was a place of luxury. You told me Rome (coughs) made you fear, made you frail. Back to the scene. Berlin Black, me in my backpack with a BMW riding past. On these restless nights, you might find yourself undisciplined. You might end up somewhere you didn't set out to be. Me and the man's accordion music, concrete audience, bookshelf applause. The racing BMWs are louder than his Bach. The man's machismo is wider than my hips. The river's black is giving back the sky's abstinence with attitude.
0: Come at me!
1: I'll eat you whole! It's my secret that I go out at night and dance with the Predators. I do it on my bicycle and I don't talk to anyone about it. I dance with the Predators against a neutral backdrop. Prada sans patrons. Gucci con no one. Hmm. I think of you in Berlin Black. Of your picture. Something grotesque. You told me my body was something to be ashamed of. It reminded you of how you were bullied. I think of you as I pedal under a starless sky. I think of you, and thank you for being so wrong. Berlin Black. Me with my backpack on my track with an Audi riding past. I think of you in Berlin back. My legs make perfect O's. The spray shakes the jingle jangle of black. I'm on track riding with me and my backpack on my bicycle under Berlin Black. I don't know if you ever had that with art or music that you've made and while you're making it you're really self-critical and like, oh, it's not that great. If I shared it, people probably wouldn't dig it. And then you go back and you go, whoa, this is super cool.
0: But why do you think that is? Why do you think we're so out of tune with what we're actually making in the moment?
1: Because, oh man, I don't think we trust ourselves enough as artists and as producers. And I think we value ourselves as consumers. So, people believe there's already enough products out there, why would people need, like, my thing? But they do. I mean, you exist, so people need you. I have this with my poetry all the time. It's like, oh yeah, like, I like my poems that I write, but I don't know, I don't really need to share them with anyone. Like, what would anybody... I don't know. And then I just don't really share my poems. And then I've just got 500 poems that have never been shared. You know, why? You might as well share. Even in something that is uninteresting for a person, then they can realize why it's uninteresting for them and then they can go make something that's interesting.
0: Wow, that's a nice way to see it.
1: Totally, that's why like, I either like to see really good theater or really bad theater. But I don't like to see something that's in the middle because I didn't get anything. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's really terrible, then that's just as good as if it were incredible.
0: Wow. And the terribleness also is not a reflection of the person who made it.
1: No. It's just a thing that is extant. That's it.
0: That's extant? That exists. Right. That's what. Absolutely. I, I've I've stopped so many things thinking that what I'm making is me. Right. And when you kind of step back, it's so clearly not you. But at the time you are actually pressing those buttons or drawing those things or writing those words and it feels like this is you and any thought about other another person seeing it or judging it it's like a direct judgment of your your value
1: Mm -hmm. it's like when you cook a meal for someone right and if they don't like it it just it hurts but someone, I don't know, then there are those people where they cook something for you and you go, ah, like, that part's okay, and then they go, yeah, and they accept that it's just a thing that was made. It's not them. They're not on the plate. And then you're open to go, like, oh, I think I would have liked it with more chives. And then they go, yeah, that would have been good. Right. And that's what a relationship ideally is like, too. You have this thing, right, and you're both working at it, and you can talk openly about improvements, different needs. If you demand to be... Perfectly accepted for what you give on the plate, like, there's gonna be some hurt feelings because.
0: Sounds like there's some expectations going on there as exactly.
1: well. Exactly. Instead of just taking resources you have to, like, do the best you can.
0: Do the best you can. What do you think? Where do you think this negative voice starts? Like, I'm often surprised at how negative this inner, inner critic Is? can be, yeah. I just can't get over the feeling that there would be so many more people just letting themselves be amazing. Like when you really get down to it, there's just a negative voice in your head.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But what it's doing, what it's stopping you from expressing is so much more important than listening to this voice. Right. And I think it takes a lot of courage to go against what this voice is saying will happen or won't happen if you put that piece of art out, if you read that poem to other people, mm-hmm. if you go and ask that person if they want to hang out.
1: Well, that's a big one, right? That was a really hard one for me, was asking people to hang out with me. <laughs> I didn't ask people to do that until I was 19.
0: So before that, you were just uh, waiting for hun- someone? Yeah, I'd wait. Wait for someone to say, hey, Ellie, let's hang out? Yeah. I think I was the same way Yeah. until a few years ago. Yeah, totally. It's just safer that way, you right? just
1: wait and you know, and you can sniff these people out. It's people who make comments like, oh, that's happening. Oh, well, I wasn't invited. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you were invited. Just come like this is this expectation or this need for acceptance. Man, just be proud of who you are. And like these people are enriched if you come. I hate when people say that. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't know about that, so I guess I, I guess I can't go.
0: It sounds like you're taking it personally. They're taking it personally. Taking it personally. Have you never heard this? Of course, p- I have. Yeah. I've done it myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh well. Oh, I didn't know they were having Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. well, they didn't invite me. They probably didn't want me there.
1: Yeah. Bullshit. Sometimes I forget to invite my best friends to shit because of circumstance.
0: Right, and it totally means you if don't I'm want If I'm here today
1: and I have an idea for something, I'm mean, going to invite all of you, because I'm with all of you. You're here right now. Someone else who I really love, who maybe I haven't talked to for a week or two, like, maybe they won't get the news.
0: Because they're just not in your head at that moment.
1: Or they're not literally in front of me. Right.
0: And it's got no reflection at all on that person.
1: No. Or think about it. The people who you really, really admire, like, the people who you just revere are not necessarily the people you spend the most time with. Like, the amount of time you spend with people doesn't directly correlate or reflect anything other than circumstance. Some of the people I love the most are in the United States, okay? So, like, I don't spend time with them. Or even in Berlin, Emeka is my favorite person. I don't spend the most time with him.
0: I've met him very briefly, and he's got this amazing electrifying energy so much energy just pouring out of him. But it doesn't, like, I probably couldn't take more than a day's worth of that before I needed a break myself. Straight up. That doesn't mean I should force myself to build up a tolerance to this high energy or it doesn't mean he should share any less of his energy. Exactly. It's just two of us thinking, or rather feeling, where's the, where's the point of enough? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was so nice, but now it's time to go and spend some time with myself. Or,
1: yeah, exactly. I believe the most delicious things we don't need all the time. We can't eat that much of them. We eat a lot of the, the stable staples. Huh. Not too spicy.
0: Not too spicy for spicy all the time. Comforting.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, it comes back to a balance.
1: It's all about balance and listening to yourself and noticing when it happens. Like I had that with Emeka, whoo. He would come over at four in the morning. We'd stay up chatting till nine in the morning, then we'd sleep, then we'd wake up, and he would just stay and stay and stay. And I had to say, like, dude, you've got to go. I've, I've enjoyed you, go. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Exactly what you were saying, just knowing what that is for you.
0: That's something I'm really interested in, that, that feeling that comes up for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you know, okay, that's enough. Do you have enough of a grasp on it to try and describe it?
1: What it feels like? Yeah. If I feel like I can't be present with you anymore, then it's time for me to do something else.
0: Right, so if you feel like your attention's drifting or mm-hmm. there's this feeling like y- you want to do something else, right. then you'll you'll take action on that.
1: Because I've got these like different delineations of people in my life. There's some people who I only want to be around when I'm 100%. That's just the type of relationship we have and it's not the right energy if we're together and one of us isn't completely there. There are other people who I really enjoy being with them when I'm not quite hundred percent. I enjoy time with them more when I'm not hundred percent. And just being aware of what those relationships are and which people fit in on what days with my energy. You know, there, I have some friends who are just and when I'm with them, I have to go I just can't do that every day. There are other people who I can just kind of sit around an apartment with. Some days I want that.
0: But I think we don't have to think about it, it's more of an intuitive knowing, like, you just know when you've had enough, or you're tired, I mean, it's just like, yeah, you get tired, you know you should sleep.
1: Right. Or you get bored, you know you need to dance.
0: Right. There's just this build up of, like, stagnant energy and needs to come out. But one point I wanted to touch on, I, I'm really interested in this as well, is for a long time I would feel like this intuitive knowing, like, you're, you're tired, you need to sleep. Right. Sometimes I would second-guess that.
1: Ooh, why?
0: Because I didn't think, I didn't trust how I was feeling.
1: Okay.
0: Just saying that, that's pretty scary. And that, that caused really me a lot hey?
1: That's really scary.
0: Mm. It caused me a lot of uh, inner conflict. Right. Not being able to trust my own intuitive feeling. And it wasn't even like, hey Ben, this is the right thing. And I'm like, hey, n- no, I'm going to do this. Mm. It was like I would be completely confused. If you can imagine the right, the, the intuitive feeling as the colour um, green and then this second guessing voice as a different colour, doesn't matter what. Right. It was like these colours were both mixed together. So it was really hard to separate or identify which one was which. I couldn't even begin to unpick it or realise what was the right thing for me to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe you're too busy analysing instead of just feeling.
0: I think it sounds pretty true. I was definitely trying to think my way through a lot of problems. Analytically and really logically think about it. Instead of just trusting this intuitive gut feeling like, hey, just get out of there. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't know I could trust it. Wow. if you had If you had a piece of advice for someone just kind of struggling listening to themselves mm-hmm. trusting their their inner voice, what would it be?
1: Work towards your sources of unhappiness, address what your sources of unhappiness are, and see which changes make you happy and then work from there
0: so just listen identify your unhappiness, try things out and listen to what feels right
1: yeah. Yeah, without any preconceptions or expectations. What would be your advice?
0: I would say it's felt so good just allowing myself to go gently, Mm. go at my own pace. Cool giving myself the space to do that and not feeling hurried by anyone else or anything else like I shouldn't have worked out what's making me unhappy and addressing all my expectations in a month it, it's an ongoing process and I'm still working at it
1: yeah that's a lifetime thing
0: that's a, it's a, yeah it's a lifestyle but every little bit every little thing I allow myself to do and be it becomes that much easier just to be me and the sense of happiness and just ease that goes with that is, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it just feels right.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, thanks for talking with me today.
1: It's been a long time coming.
0: Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a while now, and I'm glad we finally did it. I'm definitely going to take away some of the stuff you've said today.
1: I thought you meant edit it out, but you mean carry it with
0: you. Carry it with me. Okay. Leave it in.
1: Leave it in. Take it with me. Take it out. <laughs> to Chinese restaurants. Did you all catch the storm that happened earlier, like two hours ago? Yeah. yeah. We're going to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be easy. All we need is our four fingers. So if you would all start with me with one finger the rain's starting to fall. You can close your eyes if you like, it's pretty nice. <laughs> Alright, and we add in our second finger, it's raining harder. And our third finger. And our fourth Now one finger, and let's naturally find an end for our rainstorm together. <laughs>